Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. So I have a question for you, and I hope that you'll answer honestly. Obviously, I won't know that, but you can answer out loud in your car as you're driving, or maybe you're jogging at the gym, and the guy next to you is going to look at you like, why are you talking to yourself? Shame-free, okay? Judgment-free zone. But answer this question honestly for me. Do you ever lose motivation? Do you ever lose motivation when it comes to those really important things in life that you are working on or um, that you are trying to make a priority but feel like, ugh, it's just really hard to actually live it out as a priority? Like if I wrote it on a piece of paper, it would be a priority, but if I actually look at my time and just how I'm living, like it just doesn't add up. Like the way I'm living does not reflect what I would say is my priorities. Or I just don't feel motivated for that. That seems boring, like, or I don't want to go work out or, you know, whatever the thing is, I don't want to have to study anymore. If you answered yes, I'm just here to say you're not alone. Um, I think motivation is kind of a big word, but it's something that I want to talk about because I think motivation or drive, if you really like think about what that word is, it's not just um, that you want to do something right? So when I don't feel like getting out of bed or I don't feel like, you know, making the healthy choice or I don't feel like prioritizing whatever I say that I'm going to prioritize and I lose motivation for that, that discipline I'm working on or that goal I'm chasing or going after or working towards, I think we can begin to think it's all about feeling, right? We can begin to feel like motivation is all about feeling. And so that's kind of what I want to tackle today. And this is an episode in what we have been calling the Ask Jay series. I just wanted to have something like this. Like I looked back at like, you know, those magazines that you read like in middle school that had like the, you know, advice column or whatever, like the Ask Mary or whatever. I was like, we're totally going to do that because I get questions all the time. And so this is just one of those. And the question that really um, seemed to come up a lot, but one specifically was, how do you stay motivated? And it was from a girl named Maddie Cole. So Maddie, I'm going to answer your question on this episode as well as I possibly can. And kind of going off what I was saying there, 
Um, we often think of motivation being like, how do I stay motivated? How do I stay uh, committed, right? How do I keep going? And I think that boils back down to, let's get to the root of the word and the why. It starts with, well, if you think about what a motivation is, it's not just, I want to do this or I feel like doing it. It's like, wait a second, even when I don't feel like doing it, why am I doing it? Why does it matter? And if you don't have an answer to that, you're probably not going to keep doing it. So, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is every priority that I have in my life and everything that I do relatively consistently and that I'm able to continue on even when I don't feel like it, whether that's saving for the future or budgeting or quiet time or showing up for recording 10 podcast episodes in two days or whatever the thing is that doesn't always seem like that just doesn't seem fun or cool or trendy or interesting and I don't feel like doing it or even, you know, being consistent with working out or anything like that. It's, okay, but hang on, what's the what's not how I'm feeling motivated? It's what's the motivation behind it? Like, what am I working toward and why? And if I don't know, I'm not going to be motivated to do it because I don't even know what my motivation is in the first place. So I think that's the best place to start. Um, but then there's seven different things. As I was thinking about how I could best answer this question, I was trying to examine my life and think, okay, what do I do? Like once I know my motivation, right? Once I know my why behind whatever this specific thing is that I'm doing, even something as simple as using social media as a tool or running my business or showing up you know, for my workout every morning or whatever the thing might be. Once I understand my motivation, there's still some other things that help me stay committed, that help me stay motivated, that help me keep showing up and doing it even when I don't feel like it. So I want to just share a few of those things with you, and hopefully a couple of them you'll be able to take away and apply in your own life. So the first thing that I would say is that I constantly try to learn. So staying motivated for—that's kind of more of a broad Thing, I guess um, knowing your motivation for each thing that you're doing is more specific, but on a more broad level, it's like, how do I stay motivated to keep doing what I said I commit to in my daily life, in my afternoons, in my weeks, whatever? It's I constantly try to learn. I love to learn different ways of doing things, ways to make something more effective, ways to make something more impactful, ways to make something more efficient, learning from others who have gone before me. Um, I remember I was listening to a podcast episode one time and it was talking about setting, um, I think they called it micro goals. I'm pretty sure Brendan Burchard actually taught it. I can't remember exactly, but it was really helpful for me because it was talking about making those really small little, um, making smaller goals to ultimately reach your bigger goals. So for example, like if you're like, I want to go for a run tomorrow morning, like the micro goal that you need to accomplish first is like set your running shoes out. And then the second micro goal is set your alarm. Like the little things that you do up leading up to that, if you see those as mini little like victories, you're much more likely to win the whole game. And if that game is running every morning or, you know, doing uh, quiet time every morning or like, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is for you, it's like prepare the little things beforehand that actually will help you follow through on that thing that you said you were going to do. So for me, that was a huge helpful lesson that I was able to learn by listening to others, right? And finding out how are other people doing this? And how are other people, you know, executing on the things that they committed to and following through even when it doesn't feel great or when it doesn't seem awesome or, you know, when all of that. So I would say the first thing I do to try to stay motivated is to always consistently be learning from others. If you can be a constant student, I think that's going to keep you um, sharp and it's going to keep you focused and it's going to challenge you to get up and keep going because you are constantly being challenged. So 
That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is this kind of pairs with the first one, but it's I ask questions. And I like to, it's not only just learn from resources, but like also ask questions to those in my life to learn from mentors to say, how could I be doing this better? Or having a Friday team meeting. We have a Friday team meeting every Friday. Um, it's like a Zoom call and it's what are wins and losses? What are things that went well this week? What are things that didn't go well this week? How can we improve this? We do this in our marriage too, right? So asking questions to those key players in different areas of your life, even to yourself, okay, why am I not following through on that? Like what about it is a roadblock for me? I think a lot of times we fail to ask important questions that can sometimes reveal things we don't want to really face because we don't really want to face it, right? But then of course we lose motivation or we kind of lose our track or our drive or our desire to keep going. And therefore we don't keep doing it, right? We kind of fizzle out. We don't steward it well. We're not intentional. And I can see a a clear difference because last year we didn't have Friday team meetings. We didn't have clear communication strategies where these questions are being asked and addressed every single week. And I will say, you know, now that we've implemented that this year, team chemistry is stronger, productivity is better. And when the whole machine is more productive and everybody is more um, in line and on the same page and working toward a common goal and, you know, there's this open communication so that questions can be asked and solutions can be provided to problems. It's crazy how much more motivated I am to stay in my lane to really serve my role well because I'm not guessing what everyone else is doing, right? My husband and I aren't guessing how each other are feeling. So I would say ask more questions with those key players in those different areas of your life that you're trying to stay motivated by or from those people in your life that you can learn from, maybe a mentor or um, a parent or an older sister or even a friend, right? Third thing I would say is I create reliable routines. So when I used to hear the word routine, I was like, well, that sounds boring. (laughs) So, but I also really do thrive when it comes to, when I have structure. It's the making the structure that is hard. It is the making of those disciplines and actually, you know, getting into the um, rhythm of doing them, that's hard. It's not really the routine itself. Actually, the routine itself does bring a lot of freedom and it does, um, bring some sort of element of consistency. It's like you get to operate in it rather than trying to force what you really want to get done. It's like already built into what you've committed to do. And when it becomes like a very uh, fluid and consistent practice, it's almost like you don't have to worry about motivation because it's just what you do, right? So really committing to reliable routines, it's hard when you're first building them. It's like when you're first when you first start running from or training for a marathon, for example. Those first few weeks of training, like especially if you hadn't been running before, are hard, right? And you're like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, But as you kind of get over that hump, when you get over that initial period or transition into the this sucks season is what I call it, um, once you kind of get over that hump, it actually becomes kind of like you get into a rhythm, right? You find your running pace. You find what feels good to you. You get your jams and the music you like to listen to. And your leg muscles have kind of built up some endurance. Your lungs have built up some endurance. And you're able to kind of slowly but surely build, you know, the amount of time that you can run, the amount of miles that you can run, how you can persevere. Those first few miles don't feel so horrible anymore, but it takes time, right? If you only did that for three days and then try to run a half marathon, it wouldn't work, right? So I always think like, okay, how do I build a reliable routine? Because this is an area of my life that I'm seeing no consistency. I'm seeing no motivation. I'm seeing no you know, forward progress, but there needs to be. I'm not prioritizing it very well. How can I implement a simple, reliable, and doable routine? Because you can put this massive routine into place that's like turning you into a machine and a drill sergeant. And while I do believe structure is important, you got to have like some element of flexibility too, right? I teach a lot about this 
in my Back to the Basics Bootcamp course because it's like, how can I manage my time in such a way that is disciplined but allows for flexibility? And that is a hard, like, combination to make. And so there really is some strategies that you can do. And I teach a lot of that in that course because once we can get that, it allows us to structure our days accordingly, to do something that is flexible to the fact that we are human and sometimes life happens and things pop up and like, how do we do this? Um, So when you are feeling like there's an area of your life, when you are feeling like there's a certain, what you would say priority, but isn't really being lived out like a priority, is somehow a struggle area when you're struggling with that. Um, Consider like what's a simple, reliable routine I can put into place. Maybe it's um, setting a consistent bedtime and just starting there so that your reliable routine is that you're able to get up earlier and and steward that responsibility or that thing. You know, that's one thing we did. We said, okay, bedtime is before 10 o'clock or by 10 o'clock and we are waking up at 5.30 and that thing that we've lost motivation on, which is consistent, you know, moving our bodies, stewarding our body, we are going to do that every morning at 5.30, four days a week. And so what's nice about that is it allows room for flexibility. If there's one day a week that we're unable to do it, great, because we didn't commit to something that was like over the top. We didn't say we're going to do this seven days a week, no off days, you know, like we're not that hardcore, okay? Um, But we did say, okay, four of the five days of the week, we're going to do that. And it allows one day of flexibility if we had, you know, a small group that went too late and we couldn't get up that early, or if we wanted to do a quiet time together in the morning instead of working out, it allows for a little bit of breathing room. So that's just one way you can create a reliable, consistent, but super manageable and doable routine because you are a human, not a machine. Fourth thing I would say is that I find things that challenge and inspire me. So I don't mean that I follow every fitness model online. In fact, I don't think I follow any fitness (laughs) models or anybody in that field online. What I mean is, what are activities? What are um, books? What are maybe groups or um, social things that you can be a part of that challenge and inspire you? Uh, For us, I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with number five. So Four is I find things that challenge and inspire me. So that might be different publications. That might be different books. I love reading things like C.S. Lewis. My husband is a much better reader than I am though. So just having things that challenge my thinking and my worldview and how I might be doing something and sharpen me. He also listens to Jocko, which is a super like dude thing to do. Um, But Jocko is honestly pretty motivational. And he's like, wake up, get after it. Wake up, get after it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, bro, I just need to breathe. So you can't listen to him all the time. But I will say he really does challenge and inspire you. Um, so maybe this is a resource that challenges and inspires you. That's fantastic. Um, but having those things in your life that don't discourage you, that don't remind you of all the ways that you're failing, but really call you up, call you out and challenge you to do better. I think having some of those, you know, what voices you put into your mind matter. So whether that's reading, podcasts, music, um, you know, whatever the medium is, whatever you're consuming, like what media are you consuming? kind of piggybacking off that is number five, and that is that I surround myself with people that sharpen and challenge me. So not only are the things that I listen to, the resources, you know, and they're all different things, Jordan Peterson, um, you know, the Story Brand podcast, um, church podcast, like all these just different things that really do challenge and inspire me spiritually, physically, mentally, um, business, financially, all of that. But then on top of that, having people in my life that challenge and inspire me. Like, I mean, you really will kind of begin to mimic the habits of the people that you surround yourself with most. If all your friends are making decisions that are so against your values and what you know to be right, like, 
you're probably not going to be motivated to do the right thing, or you're going to really struggle to keep that consistent. And so really think about, like, who am I spending the most time with? Like, look through your text messages right now. Who are you talking with most, you know? And are they actually, like, are they pushing you? Are they the fire beneath you? Are they, like, the wind beneath your sail? And are you being that for them? Because if not, like, I think we can get motivated by motivating others. I think we can— um live more purposefully by helping others live out their purpose too, right? Not trying to look like theirs or not trying to mimic what they're doing and not being jealous of it. But when we have those comrades, like when we have, my my great uncle used to call them chums. <laughs> when we have some great chums, as Uncle Pete would say, you know, it's like, when we can find those people that are like, I am in your corner with pom-poms, let's go. Those are the people that you want to be spending your most time with. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be friends with people who don't motivate you. Like, I hope that you are still friends with those people that are sitting on the couch and, you know, because they need someone to come alongside and, and motivate them too, right? So it's not to say like, drop them, you know, they're not any good for you. Like, no, love the heck out of them, would you? Like, love them. But at the same time, Remember that where you're investing the most of your, you know, the majority of your time, the majority of your energy, you need to at least have that balance so that you have some people in your life that are inspiring you, that are, you know, maybe even outworking you. Again, you don't want to make your relationships a competition, but I will say like when my husband, when he wakes up and he's, it's 524 and I'm like, dude, we have six more minutes, like get back in bed. He's like, no, no, no. Like I'm up, let's go to the gym. And I'm like, no, you know, (laughs) it's like, he, if I see that he's going out the door, I'm about to get up and put my shoes on and go, right? Like, most likely. It just, it's something about that kind of good com- camaraderie, that little bit of challenge between good friends that ultimately have each other's best interests in mind, that helps one another grow. So, you know, I, I think just having somebody like that in your life or a few different people like that in your life will help you stay motivated. So look at your social circle. Look at who you spend the most time with. If the guy you're dating is like, you know, holding you back or making you feel guilty for being ambitious or, you know, stepping into what you really make a priority or for going to church or for getting into the gym or like all those things that you know are priorities in your life, like maybe he's not the guy for you. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but that's a really big thing I encourage you to examine is who are you surrounding yourself with and are they challenging and inspiring you or are they cutting you down from making healthy choices? Are they because of their own insecurity, right? Are they, um, you know, just kind of discouraging you? Like, what does that really look like? And maybe you need to make a shift on where you spend the most time. That doesn't mean don't love them. Just maybe shift where you spend your time. The sixth thing that I would say is I track my progress. So this is huge. And I think we forget this so much, especially on those things that aren't like obvious progress trackers like weight loss, right? So if someone's trying to lose weight or gain weight, or they're trying to gain some muscle or whatever, like when someone is trying to make a change when it comes to their body, their diet, their health, like we often think of tracking progress in that way. So I'm going to use that as an example to apply to many other things. So let's say that I decided I wanted to run a marathon, okay? So that means I need to work up to 26 miles, and right now the the most I can run is like three, okay? So that means I've got a long way to go to bridge that gap. If I make myself a plan, and let's say it's a three-month plan to make this happen, it's going to be really helpful for me to keep going, especially in those first, like those first few weeks and even through the middle. It's like the beginning can sometimes be a little bit exciting. And then you get to like day three, you're sore, you want to puke on the side of the road and you're like, I'm over this, right? And then you're in the middle and you're like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm at mile nine and I'm exhausted and there's pizza at home, you know, and it's hard to stay motivated shortly after the beginning, after the initial excitement and in through the middle. And when you don't quite feel like the finish line is in reach, like you haven't quite reached your goal and you kind of forget why you started, it can start to be that middle ground is hard to persevere on, right? 
So, but when you can look back and see the progress that you've made so far, when every single day on your calendar is showing you how you gained a half a mile, how you ran it, you know, 20 seconds faster, like you're seeing progress, it motivates you to keep going. It's like, well, I don't want to undo all this work I just did, you know? And so when you can visually see it and how it's adding up and how it's slowly creating change and how you're growing stronger, how you're getting faster, how you're growing in your endurance, like it's going to help you keep going, right? Well, I think the same thing can be applied to anything else that we are trying to stay committed to, motivated by. Like a lot of girls ask me like, okay, I want to have boundaries in my dating relationship. Like how do I do that? Track your progress. Matt and I, like we had little jars and we'd put marbles in them every time we remained true to our commitment while we were dating and we knew we were working towards our wedding day. Like super simple. It's just tracking progress. And every day as those jars would get more and more filled, We were like, we have motivation to keep going because instead of focusing on this end goal that seems so far away, we're focusing on today's victory, right? So that's just one example. If you're like, okay, how do I stay motivated when it comes to um, studying for the the LSAT or for the MCAT? Or how do I stay motivated when it comes to getting out of debt? Or like whatever these goals that you have are in your life, track your progress. Get a calendar that is 1,000% dedicated to this certain goal, right? Have a get out of debt calendar. Then what I want you to do is every single day that you followed through on whatever commitment that was. So if it's working out five days a week, then that is a win for that day if you did it. If it's getting on a debt calendar and in order to do that, you can't buy a latte every day. Every day you don't buy a latte so that you can put it towards your debt. You need to like scratch off that day or put a big sticker on that day or, you know, write a letter on that day or do something to where as you watch the whole month pass, you're seeing these days get colored in, right? Or get X'd off or whatever. And you're watching progress and you're like, well, then dang, I don't want to go back, right? Or you're seeing this jar fill up with marbles or I don't know, M&Ms or whatever you want to fill it with. And it starts to become a project rather than this like far off goal. And when you have a project in the works and you're seeing progress every single day, you are 10 times more likely to prioritize it. So think about how you can track your progress in whatever goal you are setting, whatever area of your life you're trying to declutter or create routines on or, um, you know, strengthen or build or remain committed to, track your progress. It makes such a difference. There's a reason it works for weight loss and there's a reason it works for training for marathons. Why couldn't it work for any other area of your life? Okay, the last thing I want to say is I give myself grace when I get in a rut. Now, I want you to hear me when I say this. That doesn't mean that I just quit when I get in a rut. It means I don't beat myself up when I'm like, I need a three-day break or, you know, like when I am doing the five days a week or four days a week of working out and there happens to be an extra day that I'm like, I just really am sore and I'm just going to have to walk today. Or, you know what, I'm going to work out tonight and I'm going to break my routine. I don't do that that consistently, but every now and then there's a rut and I make small micro adjustments. Rather than just throwing in the towel, it's like, okay, what can I do instead because I really can't move my body this morning. Um, I'm going to stretch this morning (laughs) and maybe I'll do a light jog after, you know, after dinner tonight. Whatever. But I'm still moving my body, even if it's not quite the exact same way I said I would do it. And I'm remembering my why and then can make a micro adjustment in that way. Instead of being like, oh, you blew it. You know what? It's it's your second day off this week. You blew it. You stink. You suck. Go home. You know, like I think we can talk to ourselves like that. I think we can see, see one way we didn't follow through perfectly and then we just throw in the towel for the rest of the week. It's like... No, like give yourself a little grace and then go to sleep and get back up the next day and start over, you know? So 
I think that's the really key thing to remember is when we lose motivation, even if it's just for a day or for a blip, that can quickly spiral into losing our motivation and our intention and our commitments entirely because we had one slip up, because we had one mess up, because we struggled this day or we got in a rut or we, you know, whatever it was. And I don't think that's all that healthy because all that does, beating up ourselves does not help pick us back up, right? Like kicking ourselves while we're down does not actually motivate us to keep to keep going, right? Like I don't feel motivated when I'm like kicked when I'm down. I need like a hand up. And so do that to yourself. Like remember that not it's not always other people kicking you. I think sometimes we can feel like we fell down and then we kick ourselves. And all that does is keep us down. It weakens us, right? It makes us less motivated. It makes us less strong and it makes us less committed. So I guess my biggest thing is in addition to all these little practices and steps between learning and surrounding myself with influences that are you know, challenging me and positive and calling me up and out. On top of that, it's giving grace to myself when I get in a rut, right? Track that progress, but also give grace to yourself. And if you miss a day, okay, then maybe only put, a, you know, color in half of it so that it motivates you tomorrow. Okay, I'm not going to do that tomorrow, right? Rather than just quitting. So, um, That's the biggest thing I can say because I think we fail to give ourselves grace far too much or we give ourselves too much grace or we feel like too much like a failure and then that doesn't help us at all. So those are my seven tips to staying motivated and to staying committed to those things that are priorities in your life. Constantly try to learn, ask questions, create reliable, doable routines, find things that challenge and inspire you, allow those voices to speak into your life, let that be the content that you consume so that you can then use that and turn around and contribute to the world. Surround yourself with people that challenge and sharpen you, track your progress, and give yourself a little grace when you get in a rut, would you? If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app or wherever you listen? If this show has helped you grow into the she you were made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.